0: they told me for years there was no money in podcasting well they were all wrong this is an ambiguous podcast solutions original podcast podcast a a podcast years in the making, centered around you're listening to talking with tarasha with your host and founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, am Will Terraschuk. Well, Join Will and his guests as they talk about anything and everything under the sun. all Now, without further ado, let's do this. Yes, I know I have gray hair. Alright everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Talking with Terraschuk podcast. This is my third podcast this week if you count the wrestling podcast. But I had to make special room for my friend, the man by the name of Keith Hayes. Keith has been podcasting since 2004, if you can believe that. If you want that full story on how Keith got into podcasting, I go to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. I'll link to it down below where I had him on the podcast about a year ago. We recorded it a little over a year ago, but it aired about a year ago. Uh, Keith, thank you so much for being back on Talking with Tarish at this time. It is the same bubble background, but I haven't used this one in a little bit for this podcast, so I figured, what the hell? Go back to what I know. How are you, my friend? Good to see you.
1: Man, I'm I'm doing good and you know, I'm glad and alive to be here. And I mean that literally, since everybody who follows me like you know last month I was hit by a car, and luckily I'm still here to be with everybody and still producing shows and still being invited on to be guests of shows such as yours.
0: Yeah, so tell us tell us the story. You've had you've had PT, physical therapy. Um, what's what yeah, so, take me through the story? What happened? How you feeling, and how's therapy going?
1: So it's, it's it was kind of a crazy situation. Um I I have my barber, my lifetime barber lives, you know, he does barber shop stuff right down the street from the house. Well, it was a Friday. I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna go down to the barber shop and get a nice cut hot shave. He does the nice open razor shave with the hot towel and stuff. And I said, I'll be there at seven o'clock. Left my house, it's about four blocks from the house. I walked down to his shop. My street that I'm off of is, is is Route 27 here in Boston, you know, Brockton, Massachusetts, a busy street. Um, I stopped and waited at the crosswalk to cross. Traffic stopped, and it's a three-way intersection. So it's the main road, and then there's a street across from me, in front of me, directly across from me, and there was a woman parked at a stop sign. She was waiting. So traffic stopped. The guy in the car waved for me to go. So I'm in the crosswalk crossing the street. The woman made a dangerous error. She thought when traffic stopped on her left that they were stopping to let her go and take the right. She never looked to the right to see if she had the right of way if if someone was there. So she just come around the corner from the stop sign and plowed into me from my thigh, from my right buttock down to my ankle. Um, She knocked me up on her hood. Um, and it was weird because when I got hit, I stuck my hand out. My My finger is, you can see my Ooh, finger right yeah. here
0: is cut. It's a gnarly skull. What happened was is I
1: stuck my hand out, and my finger went into her grill of her car, and it pushed me up onto the car. Oh. And everything was in slow motion. All of a sudden, it was slow motion. Like, it was like, oh, and I rolled up. I could see her behind the steering wheel, like, oh, my God. And I rolled up, and I knew I was going to hit the ground. Here's where the funny thing is. Before I hit the ground, my mind flashed back to the days of playing youth football and taking martial arts. Because when you're in youth football and martial arts, they're always telling you, if you're going to hit the ground you're going to hit the mat, put your arms out. Put your arms out. So if you're going to hit the ground, put your arms out in practice or in martial arts class. So my elbows were scuffed up. They finally healed up. You can see some of it here. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew instinctively, to throw my arms out because I knew I was coming off that hood of the car. And I hit the ground. I hit the ground hard, but because I had my arms out, um, I didn't hit my head. So um, I had consciousness the whole time. The sad part about the whole situation is, is while I'm in, on the ground in the middle of the street after getting hit by this car, everybody's around. Now, all of a sudden, everything goes fast speed, and it's in fast motion. Everything's happening fast. When all of a sudden, I feel this guy pulling on my right arm. He's pulling me. And people are saying, let him go. Let him go. You got hit by a car. You can't move him. You can't move him. And his answer was, was he's blocking effing traffic. I'm trying to get home. And for me, I felt Ooh. like that's society Ooh. right now. In a nutshell, that is a certain generation of people that we are dealing with in society today. You know, I got the people that they don't care and they just are entitled to themselves. I gotta completely agree with you there.
0: Um, I used to call it, you know, society was just Twitter, right? Society was just hate on Twitter. People aren't as divisive in real life. And you know that guy could have been having a bad day. That guy could be an asshole in real life, regardless. But who knows? But no, I think we are starting to see more and more of that just in general society. Like the hate you see online really is starting to seep into real life a lot faster than what it used to be. Yeah. But, you know, people just say you wouldn't say this to me in my face. I think nowadays, shit people say on Twitter, people will say on their face, and they're gonna
1: they they're gonna get a
0: fist in the mouth. You know, you look at your shirt. Talk shit, get hit. <laughs> so. I, that's a thousand percent and it's, it's really it concerning because you think in a moment like that, you know, most people there don't move them, don't move them. Of course, you know, wait for wait for an ambulance or a car or medical professional, whatever. But that one guy's like, no, I, I, I got go to go home. And it's just, it's sad and it sucks. And people do need to be buried to each other, especially because shit's hitting the fan right now, man. The world is going to a dark and dangerous place and eventually all we're going to have is each other and our
1: community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it's crazy because you know I have my show, the booth that I do on Tuesday nights, and I'm a middle of the road guy. You know, I'm I'm not a Republican. I mm-hmm. don't consider my I consider myself more of a little bit of a Democrat, but I also have common sense. Mm-hmm. And a great example of of something that's going on here in Massachusetts right now, where I just got beat up on social media because is is two years ago on my show I covered. The Christians in Massachusetts here, they felt like they should be able to fly their flag at City Hall. Mm-mm. So the Christians went Mm-mm. and Church they to stay, my friends. went to City Hall. Yep. And I said, you know, this is, you're not supposed to separate churches. We have a separation here, but they fought. They fought. The Christians and, and them, they fought. And guess what? They won their right to have their Christian flag at City Hall. Well, guess what? I talked about it on my show. I said, guess what? you've now opened the door for every other religion to come in and do the same thing you did. So just remember this. Yeah. Call, one call the year, church of
0: Satan. Call the church of Satan. Yeah, it went,
1: it went all the way to the Supreme court here in Massachusetts. Day one, a year later, guess what happens? The church of Satan comes and says, we want our flag. City has to allow it. Now this year, They're coming, they're holding, in April, they're holding SatanCon. They're holding their event here, their convention here. It's sold out because Boston's never hosted it before. So guess what? Now you have all these religious people on Facebook and social media. I have close friends of mine. I believe in God, but I also know the law. I also know the rights of people when they win. And they were complaining and they're saying, we got to go down there, we got to stop this, we can't allow this to happen, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you were the ones that created this. This is why this happened. You all went and fought to the highest level of court to get the right for every religion to host an event on city and government property with no repercussions now. You all fought for this. Now you want to go down and take their right away that you allow for them? That's hypocritical. So I have a lot of religious friends right now. They block me, they're mad at me because I spoke my mind and use common sense. I know the law. You created this. You're a hypocrite.
0: Yeah, and, at, and, and at the end of the day, you're correct, right? Like, I have you have you ever had a Satanist, someone from the Church of Satan, on your show? Like have you ever spoken with one of them? I have I, I I don't want
1: to mention her name, but I have a friend who she was a Republican and um she she dated a Baltimore Raven. And um the, is now part of that church. Now, she told me that they're not connected to the actual Church of Satan. She gave me a whole thing about it and told me all about it. It's like, a, it's
0: like, a, it's like it. a sect. It's like it was like, don't say yes. Catholicism yes. and Christianity, but it's and, all like women, whatever. Yeah, yeah. and they've,
1: they've fought for more people's rights than any other organization out there. They support women's rights. They were very vocal when they were trying to overturn Roe versus Wade. And they don't actually um, believe in Satan. No, like don't. no, it's it's, hip, it's it's like, it's it's
0: like it's it's a Satan as an idea, right? And like I know, mm-hmm. oh, I, I have plenty of people in my family who are who are pretty religious, um, right? Well, like they, at least they say they are, you know. But it, it's whenever you bring up the Catholic Church, just don't bring up the priests and what they did with around well, my, well, my family. But, uh, Yeah, my
1: brother's been saying that. Yeah, yeah my brother's but, but been when it comes to the church
0: Post of Satan, himself. though, like, they would say the same thing. It's like, you can't allow that in schools. You can't allow that here and there. But they'd also say, no, they can't allow Christians things in school. They can't allow Muslim things in school because there's a million religions out there, not even that much of an exaggeration. I think there's like 4,000 organized religions for real around the entire world. It's like, well, right. if you allow and, one, you have to allow them all. And it's just, well, here's the funniest,
1: Here's what's happened now. So now they're beefing back and forth over this, right? Yeah. Guess who the third party to step forth now to make us think about this? Oh, please, the Boston. Jews. Nope, the atheists. Oh, even better. Their own group. <laughs> even better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they and you got to respect atheists yeah. because they believe in the science yeah. of creation. They don't believe in all these gods and and Jew, They don't believe. Atheists have their own. So now they're pissed because they're and they like, have well, their own
0: silliness too. The atheists, right? It's like, well, how do you know? It's like, well, you don't know. That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> so, it's like they're just as silly as a Satanist or a Jewish person in terms of their beliefs and like, yep. they're not believing in Jesus resurrected or whatever, Muhammad or whatever. Whatever prophet you want to put on, Satanic, uh, atheists are just as silly because, well, how do you know that God doesn't exist? You can't. You don't. You're right. the science people, in but here, scientifically prove that God does not exist. You
1: can't. And here, the Jewish and Muslims are sitting back like... <laughs> because <laughs> it's just it is it's just it's funny it's hypocrisy
0: it's funny it's hypocrisy but then you can to sit back and just go man you just gotta sometimes you gotta sit back and kick your feet up have a thing of popcorn and just watch the what's watch the world burn sometimes you just gotta watch the world burn and it's you know what there's nothing i can do about this but no you're right i mean you can't there's a reason this separates between church and state you see this lot in schools too especially down south where they want to bring god back in schools which listen God is an individual thing. Religion should be very individual. I am not. Uh, I, I was. I was raised Catholic. I got baptized, uh, communion. Um, what's confirmation? I did all that, um, but yeah. I don't go to church. I'm not religious. I don't. I don't dislike religious people. I understand that religion has a big value towards people. Like if you're religious, the teachings that the Bible can teach you, and you know, be nice to others. The lessons in there, great. Just take them as like you know. You know, um, Goldilocks, you know, don't break into people's houses, right? Or the three bears, uh, who cried wolf, right? Don't cry wolf all the time. Mm-hmm. There's values and lessons to be taken from these stories just don't take them literally. And you see this a lot in schools. like, no, we want to take it taken literally. But it's like, okay, we're going to have the Church of Satan in school too. You know, if you want to have prayer time, we have got to have Satan time. And so you can't discriminate because <laughs> it's discrimination laws. So what do you right. do?
1: <laughs> what do you do? and this is why and it's funny because you know years ago you know I've always had this belief in God I got baptized at a very early age yeah. and um you know um one of the funny things is is I stopped going to church because of my pastor of my church because what happened was I used to go to church on Sundays all the time religiously and um, I ended up becoming a season ticket holder for the New England Patriots many many years ago back in mm. the in the in the early 90s And all of a sudden, my Sundays devoted to going to Pats games. My pastor of my church actually showed up at my house asking why I wasn't in church on Sundays because um, this and because of that. And some of the stuff was political because there were some things going on at the time. And I felt like, well, first of all, I didn't feel like going to church because I didn't want to hear you guys pushing political agenda that you shouldn't be pushing, number one. Mm. And then he said, well, why are you not coming to church? That was truthful. I said, i a now for the Patriots. I says I go to all the games on Sunday afternoons. He looked at me and he says, so you're putting a sports team before the Lord above? And I said, nope. He says, well, it sounds like it. I said, nope. I said, because every time I get ready to fire up the grill and we start to barbecue and have our tailgate, I say a little prayer. Yeah. I don't have to be in church to show – I don't have to be in church on Sunday to show that I have my belief in God and I pay my respect to God. But as far as I'm concerned, God's the reason why I'm able to be a season ticket holder for the New England Patriots and be able to be here on a Sunday with some friends and be able to enjoy myself and watch a sport that I love. That could also be God's doing. So Attractive I'm going to say football. my prayer. Yeah, I'm going to put my – I'm going to say my prayer before the steak tips hit the grill. And he didn't like that. And he walked out the house and, hey, it is what it is. I haven't been back to church since. I don't, I don't need to go to church to practice my belief. He knows He knows I believe.
0: Yeah, God, I believe. God isn't the problem. Religion isn't the problem. Religious people isn't the problem. The problem is the institution, right? The institution of the Catholic church, or any church for that matter, is inherently a problem, whether it's the scandals and the abuse or it's a, the fact of pushing ideas and ideologies on people's lives. Like, you can teach the idea of God existing – and Adam and Eve in creationism, but that should just be a personal relationship. Your relationship with God, if you have one, should be very personal. It shouldn't be related to anything else, anybody else, or you know, when that basket comes around, you put a $5 bill in. It's that's not what it's about. It's about your personal relationship with what you believe. And it gives people peace. <clears throat> but people, people need that. I truly believe people need something that is just so ridiculous, they believe it in any way. Because look at the people. Like look at the people who are very 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 left leaning, right? They have they have their own beliefs on you know <laughs> insert social issue here, whether it's LGBTQIA or uh, the non-binary people. Um, they don't have religion in their lives. They are not religious. They don't believe in God. They despise the church, which hey, fair. But they replace that belief in the idea of okay. This identity, like, my identity is my religion and our identity is our religion. And they, some of it's good, some of it's bad. It's like the regular church, but they replaced the religion, old school religion with new school religion, which can be called woke, whatever the hell that means these days.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it is, it's, it's crazy. You know, I look at how crazy religion is and I really I really saw it here in Massachusetts because when we had the whole, Um, sex scandals going on with priests. Um, We saw it here first here in Boston, how gangster it really was. People forget that, you know, Cardinal Bishop here in Boston at the time under the Pope, he was stationed here in Boston, the Cardinal Bishop, and he was going to be questioned by the feds. He was going to be dragged in the court and questioned. And guess what happened? If anybody remembers what happens, what happened was at Logan airport at one in the morning, The Vatican sent the private jet here, it landed in Logan Airport, and guess what they did? They snuck Cardinal Bishop out of here in the middle of the night and took him right back to the Vatican. And guess what? Not one FBI agent, not one police person who was handling that case was going to commit career suicide and head to the Vatican to bring him back here to testify. No one was about to do that, and that let me know how gangster... If that religion is, because oh. that's that that's that's telling you right there. We're bigger than the law. Yeah, we know you're about to question them, but here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna send a jet all the way from the Vatican mm-hmm. and snatch up your 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 number one <laughs> witness <laughs> and bring him there. back here. And we dare you to come here to get him. Yeah, that was that was what that all was really saying. We dare you to come get him. Well, I don't even oh, know like,
0: how would you get him, right? Like the like what. Under what jurisdiction can, because the Vatican's technically like its own country, right? Kind of.
1: Well, it would be the feds. It and, would be the feds. But the feds, and and they, foremost, they, but, they
0: would need permission. You, they can't just land the jet. That's, nobody's, that's like the feds would be invading a country, right? Which, the right, U.S. Is US has that. no problem yeah. doing that. But like, if whoever was president of <laughs> the time, let's say it was Obama, right? Just for the sake of argument, Obama just can't send the FBI to the Vatican to go get this guy. He would need permission from whoever runs the Vatican. So I guess the Pope. Right? So yeah, it's, yeah, it's like well if, like, yeah. if you're if you're if you're on the run, right? You law along California, you hop the border to Mexico. The feds just can't go and get you. They got to get permission from Mexico. Got yep, to get yeah, to extradite you. Which yep. depending on the criminal Mexico will be like, "Yeah, come come get them. We don't want them here either." But the Vatican,
1: <laughs> what what what's the Vatican is- picks him <laughs> up? What can you really do? You can't you kind of kind of stuck there.
0: <laughs> you got stuck.
1: Korea Sue that was Korea Sue. and um Bush was the president at that time. Okay. Bush was the president at that time. And um I remember he didn't even want any part of it, you know. It was, let him go. He's like, man, I got four
0: <laughs> wars I'm raging right now in the Middle East. I can't, I can't do none of that.
1: <laughs> let him go. That was it, and that let me know how big the church was. And then the second thing I realized was when they started selling off properties to pay off all of those who were sexually assaulted. Yeah, you know, all these, all of a sudden, all these properties popped up for sale, and you were, and you were, and if you were in real estate, you were like, whoa. They had this, whoa, they had, whoa, they had. It was amazing how much property the churches had. And you got to remember, all that property they sold off to pay the victims was tax-free property that they were sitting That was property that they weren't paying any taxes on. So even that is just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling I, about religion. I go back and forth with taxing
0: churches Uh, like I get why people want to be taxed, but hey, if you had that separation of church and state, you have that separation of church and state.
1: Right, that's right. But you know what,
0: Keith? I think I've been thinking about this for a little bit, like half serious, half joking, but I think you, a podcaster since 2004, one of the OGs in the whole industry, which I will always give credit to you for to the day I die, um, making podcasting a religion. So how (laughs) how I would do that, because think about it, right? What do you need to have a religion? You need a belief system distribution strategy, recording strategy. You need a like a once a week thing to like go and worship it's a podcast studio. I record something. You need something to believe in that you don't understand. The algorithm. You make a prayer, <laughs> you make a prayer to the algorithm gods. And I think I honestly think I could do it. I think I could do the paperwork, somehow make it work. It's like, "Listen, God, you can't explain, God." I can't explain iTunes algorithm. That's that's a trade secret. I can't explain YouTube's algorithm. All I can do is say a prayer and hope it works.
1: Algorithms and analytics. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said. I wanted, I've always said. I've always said I'd like to start the Church of the Jedi and open the church and host lightsaber battles in the parking lot on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. I think you need. Like a, I think you need like a congregation. Um, in that case. I can just go live, and whoever watches, watches. If no one takes part in my church, hey, that's on them, not on me.
1: Right. It will be the, ch- hey, Con-
0: the church of podcasting.
1: Kanye can do it for a year and get tax-free money for a year.
0: I mean, I was, <laughs> so if that could be tax-free, I would absolutely love it. I mean, but I don't, I don't understand. Like, so I had a, a deal with a media company. So, you know, in Biggest Podcast Solutions, we handle tons of um, services where it's recording like podcasting, hosting, editing, distribution, marketing, whatever the fuck, right? Um, so I had this podcast company. Um, they were distributing a podcast on um, genocide, of all things, Native American genocide, I think, in the U.S. and in Canada. It gets, it gets released. Um, the trailer's out there right now. Um, it's called American Genocide, and the episode's going to be released uh, towards the end of March. But anyway... I send an invoice. Right now, here's how much it costs, and they go, "You can get rid of the sales tax. We're tax exempt." I'm like, "You're a media company. How did you get tax exemption?" He's like, "He's a friend of mine." He's like, "I have no idea. That's just what they tell me." And I go, "Huh?"
1: You know, i I almost <laughs> want
0: to I almost to ask for the paperwork, but I was like, I, "I trust Mike. He's a good guy." So I was like, "Yeah, sure. It's one." I was like, "I, I was like, I look forward to paying your twenty dollars in taxes."
1: Well, people people forget that people don't realize that for the longest time the NFL was a nonprofit organization yes. until it came to light and then they had to change their ways. And now they now they do taxes. But the longest time they were operating as a nonprofit. Because each team was considered its own entity. Mm-hmm. The NFL was the umbrella, was the umbrella company. So they were operating as a nonprofit. And people say, No, it wasn't no, you're wrong. So this one I'm like, go look it up. Because <laughs> I've known it for years and it's crazy that one of the biggest sports in the in the in the world was operating as a nonprofit. It's insane.
0: Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, it's just a legal legal filing. It's just a legal clarification. Um, which is another thing that kind of bothers me that okay, technically any company, you own a company, right? You have a company out of Massachusetts.
1: On productions, yeah. What,
0: what is your company? Your company technically is just a piece of paper with a signature on it and like a tax ID number on it. But in the eyes of the law and in the eyes of many other things, you are your company is a living, breathing person with rights. Now, in a lot of ways, that makes sense. If you assume a company, you're going to go to court, it would make sense that that company would have the rights of a person because a person has to represent the company. But, you know, in the eyes of money and spending money, a company has free speech. The Supreme Court labeled that the spending money and lobbying money is speech. It's like, okay, now we're getting ridiculous. Because you got to remember at the end of the day, a company is just a piece of paper with legal legal, legal mumbo-jumbo on it. It's not a living, breathing thing with rights. And in that court of law, yes, it makes sense. But that idea of a company having rights, I think gets pushed way too far as a person right. trying to run a company. So – just, it's just ridiculous what do you think
1: I no I agree you know it, it's getting to that point where you know everybody's scrutinizing and, and nitpicking every little thing legally and and the reason why is because one people are taking advantage of loopholes as we see um, plus we've got things that now interject the internet into it and we didn't have internet laws on the books you know a lot of this stuff is being done on the fly. Because yeah. you couldn't, there were things you couldn't do because it wasn't a law. You know, the scary thing that I heard was was when pedophiles and, and sexual predators were doing stuff on the internet, there was no laws. So early on, you weren't able to prosecute because there were no laws. That's why they had to come up and, and get these laws in the book ASAP, because you couldn't hold someone accountable if you don't have a law for it, because the internet blew up on us so fast. And, you know, thank the lawmakers in your cities and states and towns for jumping right on these things and pushing bills right through and getting laws right away, especially with sexual predators. Um some cities and towns, you know, they acted within hours, within a few months to get the laws on the books, you know, and it was it's kind of crazy that, you know, that it's like that. But I get it. I truly understand where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, people are crazy. As a business owner. People are crazy. As a business owner. Yeah, especially, yeah. especially as a business owner. And um, I wonder how, like, with those laws specifically, um, Section 230, it, for its time in the 90s, I think it was, what, 1990s Communications Act, give or take. 230 mm-hmm. um, is a pretty solid law. Because now it just pretty much just says, listen, YouTube or a internet entity like a YouTube we realize it's going to be impossible for you to moderate all the content that the whole world can post on. It's the World Wide Web. We understand a, a, one company cannot moderate the world. Um, so we're not going to make you liable, legally liable, for what gets posted on, on your website, which, great, because they are technically not a publisher. Great. Right. But they have to have some kind of moderation laws. Like they have to, they have, to have some kind of policy. Right. Fair. Right for those sexual predators, for pornography in some instances. I don't know how Twitter does it, because Twitter allows porn, but if you go on a Twitter and you scroll through, you're never going to be served porn. you got to search for it. I don't know how they do that. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> now, that's, that's the algorithm right there you're going to be prying to. Um, but now that like, we want to change 230, because censorship and misinformation, whatever the hell that means. Um, so we're still trying to figure out Web, web 2, well, Web3 right, is right yeah. behind us, which is just gonna make things way more complicated with AI, Chat GPT, the metaverse, if it even happens oh anymore, because who knows? So we're playing catch up on web two while web three is on our doorstep.
1: Right around the corner. yeah, it's right around the corner. And, and I watch these and I've been talking about autonomous stuff yeah. and AI and I and I've said on my show, you know, I tell people, you know, everybody talks about Democrats taking jobs away and this and that. And I'm like, you know what the biggest threat to jobs are, people? You're not even paying attention. It's not It's not Democrats. It's not Republicans. The biggest threat to human jobs right now is, a, is autonomy. It's autonomous. Um, you're seeing it in supermarkets, left and right. Cashier jobs are going. Bank jobs are going. Um, there are a lot of trucking jobs that are going autonomous. There are, Right now in this country, there are 98,000 jobs that have been eliminated to self-driving vehicles. 98,000. Guess what, people? This is an interesting point for you to make. One of the big things about Washington, D.C. and how things get done and how deals are made is because of lobbyists. Mm-hmm. Lobbyists. One of the biggest top three unions right now in Washington is the Teamsters. Mm-hmm. And they're getting ready for the fight of their life, and then the Teamsters Union dropped the ball. Why did the Teamsters Union drop the ball? Because the Teamsters Union allowed autonomous vehicles and robots to get into manufacturing and driving. And now they're just starting to realize, whoa, this is a, no, it's been a risk to your jobs. Now it's too late because it's already in production, mass production. Companies are already getting grants and replacing their fleets, Oars and dominoes and all these places now, and that have union drivers and things of that sort. They're all going autonomous. And truck drivers, and guess what? You take away 40% of the Teamsters to autonomous vehicles. Guess what? You've now taken away 40% of the biggest lobbying union in the country. And it's only going to get worse for the Teamsters. So they better wake up and realize what's going on here. I have a friend who's a union guy, and I asked him. And he's like, I don't even want to talk about it. But you're late. You're late to the party because... It's coming. If you eliminate the teamsters from from lobbying, guess what? The workers' rights and all that stuff is going to go bye-bye because. Are well, they going bye-bye? all anyway. the jobs are going bye? They're going. Yeah, they're going anyway, bye-bye.
0: Right? Biden pretends yep. he's the most pro labor union any in, in the in the ADAC ever existed, and yet he squished the railroad strike. And then look what happens. Oops, Palestine, East Palestine, Ohio, and oops, it happened again.
1: So, I mean, yep. lab- and, that, lab- and that and that and that company. That company has been, a because I'm in transportation. That's my regular job. My regular job is in transportation. I've worked in public transportation since I was out of high school. Um, That company, Norfolk and and Pacific there, um, they've been a problem before before Biden. They've been a problem before. Now, I I actually had a lawyer on my show. Um, She's actually handling the class action suit for those who live in East Palestine, Ohio. And she told us. That this company is responsible for—I want to say she said—80 percent of the derailments in this country, Mm -hmm. because 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 like four or five
0: companies run all of the manufacturing, they run all the shipping routes, right? Railroad is owned. If you're going to start a new railroad company, how could you? There's like four of them who own everything, so it's like individual. Like that's the thing about monopolies too, right? Like, can you can 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 a P Morgan can a group of companies? Right, like say three, four, five companies. Yes, they're in competition with each other, but can the five of them combined be considered a monopoly? And I, I honestly don't I know. So. But like,
1: I say so when you when I you look so at too. when you look at who's responsible for this for what happened here. J.P. Morgan is one of the biggest investors of this of this company, of this railroad company. We all know what J.P. Morgan's about. J.P. Morgan's about profit. Right. That's all. They, that's all they care about at the end of the day is profit. That's it. They'll cut corners. They'll do whatever. In my opinion, and 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 they don't they don't care. It's all about profit, and um, it's a it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing. And I tell people always look at this stuff. You know, like I said, people talk a good game. Marjorie Taylor Green is a is a great example of people who talk a good game. Marjorie Taylor Green, she's a you know she's got a big mouth. She talks a lot of stuff. Um, she was against the disp- she in public. She was talking about. Disney in public. She was talking about marijuana and all this stuff. Yet when her report comes out about her and her husband's investments, guess what? They're invested in Disney in stock, and they've got stock in, I want to say, two marijuana dispensaries. So here you are preaching all this stuff to your people as a GOP, yet behind the scenes. That's hypocritical. That's some that again. <laughs> It's crazy. So it's all about the money. It's, it's crazy. Well,
0: it's we live in a world of don't believe your lying eyes, believe me. And the me is the government or the corporations who run our lives. Like, I don't know if you saw, I'm, su- I'm sure you did, because you're a politic junkie, kind of like I am. Um, the Tucker, Tucker thing from last week, the January 6th footage. Tucker
1: Carlson. Yeah. Oh, man. Now yeah. Scary stuff.
0: Scary, scary stuff when you stuff. look at it. Here's what I advise. If you haven't seen it, watch it, but watch it on mute. Watch it on mute. Because a lot of stuff Tucker says is just ridiculous and stu- stupid. He's like, these people were viewed the Capitol. They weren't violent. They were peaceful. Shut up, Tucker. <laughs> you shut your lying mouth. We have other footage that you're not showing, you fucking idiot. However, <laughs> the footage you are showing, it's I like, talk about burying the lead. The footage you are showing is the police walking him around the building. <laughs> like, Walking him around the building, opening doors for him. He thanked him in a prayer on the Capitol, like in the Senate chamber. So, and the narrative is still, this was a violent insurrection, which it was, but it's also the Capitol police didn't do their job, don't think they're heroes because they're not. So it's like two things can be true at the same time. Democrats and Republicans can both be right and wrong at the same time. And it's like, why right, is right. nobody interested in bringing those cops into that that January 6th hearing because you know what? It probably wasn't about democracy and freedom. It was about ratings, TV, and distraction.
1: So, and here's the funny thing. So the booth was on January 5th, our show. You can go back on YouTube. You can watch it. That was first Tuesdays. That was with my attorneys that I have on my show, Robert Resnick and Kenneth Dismoff. That episode was called The Fire Before the Storm because we had been talking and we had been following all of this stuff leading up to January 6th. Mm-hmm. We knew something was about to happen. And here's how we knew. So of the feds. We were, well, no, well, here's the thing. We were watching this whole thing with the Proud Boys and Enrique Tarrio. On January 5th, Enrique Tarrio was scheduled to have an interview on Fox. During this live interview, he was just picked up from the airport. He's in his limousine. He's being interviewed by Fox on live TV. Live TV. Guess what happens on Fox TV with Enrique Tario's interview? Pops are pulling him over. The feds are pulling him over. He's being arrested for supposedly burning some flag at some event. So I'm like, wow, that's weird. Here we are watching Fox TV and. The feds have decided to pull him over and arrest him on Fox Live TV. Hmm. Mm -hmm. He wonder here, something's Mm -hmm. not right about, something smells fishy about this. Come to find out, when all the testimonies and stuff come out, Enrique Tarrio was a rat. He had been a rat. He had been a rat for the longest time when they put him in the Proud Boys. Enrique Tarrio was put into the the Proud Boys to be a rat, and he'd been giving information to the government So the government already knew January 6th was going to happen because the proud boys and these other militia groups knew what they were going to do. They knew that they were going to do this. They had snipers in the trees. It's insane, man. And it it drives me up a wall that they play this Republican Democrat thing against us when they know what's going on. The elitists all know what's going on. It's insane. I was pissed. It's, it's, it's crazy stuff. They tell people, you know, watch, don't, I tell people, don't watch what you see on the surface. Watch why the news is putting it out there. Then ask the questions. I have I have a template of five questions I ask myself. Why are they putting this story out here? Why do they want me to know about it? And so forth. And then when I ask all these questions, I didn't make my own decision. I've had Republicans come at me on my page. Then I've had Democrats come at me on my page and claim I'm a Republican. I'm neither. Yeah. I just use common sense. And then I report and tell things as I should tell it, um, you know, and it's, it's crazy. And it's crazy. Cause if I took, if I said something good about Trump, they all, they never forget that. They never see that. They only come on my page and attack me. If I say something they feel is bad about, them. but they never see the good stuff I said that he did. Like he flooded a ton of money into our space program. which you no know, other president has done. <laughs> yeah. And granted, yeah, it was a joke. The space force name was a joke, but. It's not a bad day. What else would you call it? What else would you call it? It, it, Honestly, it it, it needed to be done, though. It really needed to be done. We were way behind, and it had to be done. There was, you know, we have so so many problems here
0: on Earth. I don't care about space, like unless, like unless the space force is designed to build some technology to block asteroids or to somehow, like, if a giant, if like, don't look up was actually happening, and they had to make a space force to try and fight (laughs) it. Like that's the only thing we need a space force for.
1: And like, like, well, there was actually a good interview um before he retired and left the air um they did um on the on the talk show uh the daily show they actually interviewed the guy who was head of space force um he actually hates the name but he talked about what he does and and all of the stuff that a lot of people assume that they do they don't do it's it's very interesting what they do do um a lot of it has to do with security um a lot of it has to do with with satellite stuff and so it's pretty interesting. If anybody gets a chance to check it out, but they, inter- they didn't interview the guy that's the head of, of Space Force, and he was – it's a pretty funny interview. <laughs>
0: <sighs> it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm glad – I'm glad uh, – back to physical therapy. I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad uh, that you're able to move around and still do this podcast. We were supposed to do this on Monday, but um, Silicon Valley Bank collapsed, and I was thinking over the weekends, you know – because my, my day job, I, I I do live streaming a lot of financial content. And we had a guy on, and I was thinking over the weekend, I need I want to reach out to him and see if I can get him on. It's topical, can I get him on real quick on Monday and release it on Wednesday? So right. I had I had him on this past Monday. You got bumped, but it was for a good reason.
1: So uh, that's a that's a real good reason. Because we talked about the same thing on Tuesday night. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I I I had to I had to uh really hustle. I had to pull an all-nighter or two because you know I, you know, how I do things in this podcast. I cut a bunch of clips. Um, now I do shorts too because I'm on Reels and TikTok and I hate it so much. YouTube shorts, almost all of my views for any of my podcasts comes from TikTok and YouTube shorts and Reels more than the actual downloads, which drives me nuts, but it is what it is. Um, but I was thinking about this as I was releasing. I was changing up my YouTube strategy. And someone somebody who's been in podcasting here for once you think about it, so typically I would take, I release podcasts every Wednesday and I would cut, say I cut about eight, say eight clips to keep it easy. Um, about three to five minutes in length, whatever. I release them all on the same day. So it's just Wednesday, big batch. I do about every like 15 minutes to a half hour after it's premiered. I've seen it. Yep, I've yep. seen them. I get uh, the
1: notifications when you do. Oh, thank you.
0: Uh, the shorts, I cut about 20 on average. I would take each clip so, like, I would do clip release 12 15, four shorts to release the following week. And then the next clip will be the week after that. Next week after that. So, I have, like, eight weeks of content from those clips into shorts over eight weeks. But then it kind of got to the point where, okay, I have a podcast the following Wednesday. So, it's okay. And I got two podcasts in circulation. Then three podcasts. And sometimes up to four podcasts right. in circulation. So, I'm looking at my own feed. It's just, you know, the, the podcast with Travis, the podcast with Steve, the podcast with Mary all in circulation at the same time. And I think that's confusing. So I'm changing it now to where I'm going to bulk it. I'm going to do at least everything in a week, all my shorts, all the clips, just in that one week. So it's this one week of uh, Keith, one week of Matt Tercy, one week of Steve Sosnick, one week of whatever. Do which, which way? I like do, that. Which way do you think is the better I, way to I, do I, it, actually, bulking it or I,
1: spreading it out? I like how you just said it, and I think that's that's the way to do it, you know. And and, and I'm new to this reels game. I yeah. actually reached out to you, um, and I'm happy because I did my first reel and I got um, 3,002 3, views. So, what you're doing, I feel like week, week, week is probably going to get you more because more. I look at my analytics for drafting the circuits and some of the shows I do, and I see. When you first put it out there, that interest seems kind of low. Mm-hmm. Then you go back on like three days after it's been out there, and then all of a sudden it's it it is spiked. So I'm assuming that those who subscribe to your show or whatever they've gotten around to starting to listen to it. So I feel like your second idea of one one week, one the next week, and keep it. I, I think you're going to see more results doing it that.
0: I think it makes more. I'm trying to do the same thing on social, too, because, like, my LinkedIn, I make a sh- too many posts on LinkedIn, probably. Um, mm-hmm. But it's the same thing. You know, I'll have one day, I'll have three different clips from three different podcasts being released. It kind of seems like sensory. Over it's like
1: oversaturation. Me. It's well, like oversaturation, right?
0: I, I don't know about over, I don't know what oversaturation because I think in today's market, well, so I think quality versus quantity is always a fun argument to have. So let's have it. Um, the real answer is you need quantity of quality, but if you're just starting out, focus on quality, right? Once you get quality down, once you, yes. have, once you, have, a, yes. once you have a system yes. down, you know, like what you have, yes. you have boot, once you have, you have booths, right? You got three or four different booths. You know, I have, um, weekly podcast clips and whatever. So, but the quality is down because this podcast, you know, I didn't prep anything. I know you, I don't need to prep. I don't need to prep for you. Cause I'm, I'm confident in the way we can talk to each other and have quality content. You know, for the Silicon Valley Bank, I had to very much prepare. And part of it was quality. Part of it was not quality on my part. The guest was excellent. I'm not an expert. So that's kind of a, that was kind of a problem. Um, but once you get the quality down, then you need quantity. Because the social media algorithms want quantity. TikTok wants quantity. Instagram wants quantity. YouTube wants quantity. And at the end of the day, quantity is you – know, quality is subjective. Quantity is fact. So at the end of the day, I think quantity gives a slight edge, but in reality, you need the most of
1: the best. See, I think where because you're established, I think that's why you you don't have to worry about quantity because you're established. I know I get your notifications. I check out your show up on LinkedIn when I see it. You know, yeah. you had you had another podcast, you had another guy on your show a few weeks ago. Um, and I I was seeing all his stuff, you know, and it's for me. And I get it. You know, like you said, with TikTok TikTok analytics and and their algorithm, I I hate, I have this love-hate relationship with TikTok. I just hate it. (laughs) That's where the people (laughs) are. That's where the people are. I'm a DJ. Right. Also. And I DJ, I do shows. And TikTok, TikTok has just ruined it for DJs. Um, TikTok has created this whole world of ADHD music listeners. So when you when you DJ an event now, people only wanna hear like 30 to 40 seconds of a song now. Mm. And then they wanna be right into the next song. They want you to start spinning the next song. So now if you're a DJ, you've got a four hour night or, or two hour, let's just say you got a two hour night DJing. You gotta do like, Guess what? You gotta do like 400 songs. Holy, oh yeah. my, the amount of songs that you now need, to to keep a crowd happy is insane because people only want to hear the best verse, a couple of hooks and then they want to be into the next song because yep. of TikTok. And it 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 is just ruins society as we know it, as we know it. Oh, it's horrible. Oops. But I love it. I love spin. I could be on TikTok and blow 2 hours. See, I don't I don't watch TikToks. I, have, I, also have a very, I also have a
0: very specific TikTok strategy. So what I do on TikTok, I, release, I try and release one to three a day, sometimes four if I'm crazy. I take weekends off because I need to breathe. Um, yeah. But when I, if someone likes comments or it has any interaction with my um, account, I immediately follow them, unless they're like clearly a bot or they don't have like an actual yeah. profile picture. Yeah, I, exactly, I immediately yep. follow them. And then when my while my video is uploading, I'll go to my following section and I'll just scroll through and like videos. It's like, hey man, I'm following you. I'm here. Just notice, notice me, please. Look at me. Right, I'm over here. Right, um, right, right. I yeah. ignore the for you section because that's not that has nothing. That's nothing not, helps me nothing. Helps me with nothing in terms of my goals for the podcast. Um, also, it's kind of helpful because I think it's roughly 220, 2,070 people I follow on TikTok. I go about just under four hundred, just over four hundred followers. I go okay. I have, in 2,000 people have engaged with my profile in one way, shape, or form that are actual people. So That's just, that's just a metric. It's just something I like to know. But mm. TikTok's interesting. It's very, very interesting. I hate that attention spans are short, and it's still so ironic that the most popular oh. podcast in the world is four hours.
1: Oh, it's killing us. It's killing, like I said, it, and I'm, I'm sure if any other DJ comes across this, they're gonna say the same thing. Oh my God, TikTok is... It's a it's a love-hate relationship. It's killing us as far as when you're doing an event, but as far as it it's really helping get music out there, to be yes, honest. It does. Um, it, it, does have, it does it does have music. You have, yeah, you have groups like Fleetwood Mac whose songs end up in the top 20 again because of a TikTok video of a guy on a skateboard. You have videos of all these people who are dead and gone that are now reaping royalties because a 30 second TikTok. Like, yeah. It's it's insane. Like, you, know
0: that, you that, know that new song? It's called Calm Down, I think. It's
1: a, Okay, it, yeah.
0: It's, I, I can't sing, but it's, it's like, it it's makes noise. It's like, lo, 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 It's like all over the radio now. Um, but that <laughs> song is now mainstream because it blew up on TikTok. My, my girlfriend and I, we have a shared Spotify playlist that we want on we want long car, car rides. We'll just put it on. And for three hours, it's some of my songs, some of her songs. That song was on our playlist months ago. She put it on to her credit because she found it on TikTok, and now it's blown up mainstream. Right. So, it's, it's, it's and, insane, and another reason why know? I say quantity is because you never know what's going to explode. You never know what's going to be a most famous hit. Like I posted uh, TikTok, sixteen thousand views, sixteen five, I think, as of recording this. It was we were in studio, um, Christian Christian Wright, who's our, who's the studio partner in Monclair, New Jersey. We were talking about colorism. Like if like the conversation was, you know, can you be racist to white people or can black people be racist to white people, whatever. He was talking about colorism. So him being Hispanic, he was talking about Spanish colorism. So I posted on a Wednesday night at 1130. Next thing I know, it exploded in terms of what I consider exploding. And that is not at all what I thought was going to be popular on TikTok or anywhere else. I was just like I just I do quantity because I don't know what's going to go viral. I have no idea what's going to go viral. What I think is good, other people can think is ass and vice versa.
1: Right. Yeah, it's weird. Yes, it is. It is funny. It's weird, you know. And I, and for one of the things that I've been doing that I know drives people crazy, like when I watch a football game, um a Pats game, I take my tweets, my thoughts that happened during the game, the mm-hmm. to music and I create a reel and um if a play happens or whatever. And I did, I do this all football season. And what I didn't realize is that I'm getting one post about something during the game. If I put a little, take a little bit of time and put the, uh, um, a little music clip to it and put it as a reel, I'm getting a thousand or more hits off that tweet about the game or about that reel that I'm sharing across, it's, it's insane. So I've been doing it and people are like, well, why do you do it? And it's like, cause it's, it's bumping me up. Like no tomorrow, just yeah. those little tweets. It's, it's amazing because a lot of people can't watch the game. So they want to hear the funny quirky things I say about sports and games. It's been working for me. I'm going to keep doing
0: it. Yeah. I mean us as content creators, right? We can't pick and choose <clears throat> how people consume our content. That's not what we do. We create the right. content for others to consume. So you gotta follow the market. You gotta follow where the people are. Now, I will, right. I will make that sacrifice. Like, I hate Reels, I hate TikTok, but I'm gonna make that sacrifice and make it because that's my biggest chance of people finding what I want them to find, right. which is this full 15 minute discussion and counting. Right? That's what I like. That's what I like to consume. Right? I don't really, well, I do like clips. Like right? There's podcasts out there like Andrew Schultz's podcast, The Flagrant Two. They're, they're, those guys are just hilarious, but. I don't have two hours to sit down and watch their podcast, but they got clips. They got clips. So I'll watch the clips, um, most of them, if not all of them. And it's just choice. If I don't give you any advice to a content creator, <laughs> choice. Give your audience choices. Like some people prefer 45-minute conversations or an hour conversation. Give them that option. Some people like that my podcast speaks to a bunch of different people. You know, from Brock- you're from Brockton. We're talking about things under the sun. Last week, it was Steve Sosnick who talked about Silicon Valley Bank. week before that, it was my godmother. week before that, it was Travis you introduced me to as a veteran. week before that, it was another veteran who built worked on airplanes. So that's variety. People like the variety. They can get it all in one place. That's why I did podcast playlists too, which nobody's doing, by the way. When was you, what do you think of the podcast, my podcast playlist, whole shtick idea?
1: I... I- I think you're, you're on it. I, 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 you can be on if you
0: think it's a bad idea, Keith. Please, I'd rather hear it. I'd rather hear it's a bad idea.
1: No, you know what? I don't. So I'm always looking at ways, and I think, I mean, I, I have my own personal podcast playlist, uh-huh. Spotify. I mean, I have all my favorites on there. So I mean, I, I think you're onto it. I think you, you've got a point.
0: Nah, it sounds like, sounds like you're hiding what you really want to say, Keith. Come on. Let me hear it.
1: Oh, no, no, because I, I have the same thing on my Spotify. I do the same thing with my, my podcast. Uh-huh. So, I mean. Well,
0: those are podcasts you listen to, right? So, like, you can have, like, a sports playlist in Spotify, which says you're four different different podcasters, right? I think,
1: yeah, I think, it, I think it works. I think what you're trying to say, I think I'm for it. But I think me and you are – I think that's it's only like a me and you type thing. I a lot of I think a lot of people don't think like we do, you know. That's true. Um,
0: nope, not many people. If think anybody thinks like I do, but that's for me, the I idea, could be like, yeah, yeah, I
1: love it, man. Let's go for it. But when you start thinking about people outside our box, there's going to be some people going, like, ah, ah, I'm not, for, I'm not for that. Even though we think it's, I think it's great. I think we, it, it's something. But you know, we we go out, We tell people it ends up being a what what. <laughs> it, it's trying to explain to someone is a little
0: confusing and I am finding some pitfalls, but you know, you just got to build a strategy around it, right? You got to think someone asked me for a link to my podcast and I know they work in finance and I know they're big on finance. I will send them the talking money with Tara Shucks because it's just all my clips on finance. If I know someone yeah. doesn't give two shits about baseball, guess what? I'm not going to send them the sports playlist. I'll send them the clips playlist. Like I'm like, right. it's just, yeah. it's different, different tools, right? If um, Even my guests, uh, like with, with Steve Sosnick, I was like, hey man, here's here the podcast link. I sent him a link to the money one because he works in finance. You know, maybe he'll see a clip there. It's like so you're trying to grab someone's attention, right? Now, it, it may, right. it's a little, yeah. it's a little yeah. confusing on the consumer end, maybe. But if you type in with with on into Spotify, the first 10 options are mine. So that's got to count for something,
1: and I and, and I like and, and you know and you and you make a great point. Like for me, like if I'm pulling guests, so it's the same way with me. If I've got a guest coming on the show and that guest is from the MMA world, mm-hmm. and they say, "Well, you got a link to your show," I'm not going to send them first Tuesdays with Ken and Rob talking politics. I'm not going to send them because he's more apt apt to say, "I'm not going on that show." So what I do is I give them a couple of links. I give people three links to my show. If they're a sports guy, I give them three links of where I had sports guests on. And that's kind of what you're saying. I use that as a tool um, to help me bring in guests or get them intrigued to come on the show. If I have recording artists on, um, I send them three links of recording artists that I have on my show. And I also try to show three different genres of music so they know that when they come on. My biggest thing is, is what I love is when I have recording artists on the show, especially rappers, (laughs) you know, I tell people I'm an older guy. The people who listen to my show are older. But when you come on my show, you're Sean Combs, not Jay-Z. I try to tell people this that come on my show in the music industry, and 90%, they get it. They come on, and they know that they're Sean Combs, and they do the interview as such. I've had some people that have come on the show, they completely don't listen to me, and they come on and they're in Jay-Z mode. Mm. When the interview's over, they'll say, well, how was that? Well, it kind of (laughs) sucked. Because my people who watch my show, they don't want to see the street thug fake side of you. They wanted to hear about the business side and, you know, the struggles and the things like that. And and why I told you this up front. I tell everybody everything up front. (laughs) You know, when you come on my show, if you don't listen to the advice I tell you, that's on you. Yeah, I mean,
0: you have to. But, hey, at the end of the day, it's a podcast, and the P stands for personal.
1: Yep, so, So, and you know, and and one of the things about me and you, and we we do these podcasts, you know, and I'm still learning. You know, I was doing this on the web TV, putting this stuff together, but I'm still learning right now (laughs) the the legal side of podcasting because, once again, we're talking about new laws being written, cover our butts when we're podcasting and a, and a really good situation is is um I get permission from everybody for what I use I have a legal disclaimer before my show airs um I've beaten I've beaten some of the biggest uh companies who have te- flagged my stuff because I have all my legal paperwork and all my stuff correct and a great example of that is the intro to my show the intro to my show is a beat that Drake has in one of his hit songs. The problem here is, is that the producer was leasing this beat out to people prior to Drake. I was able to have this lease beat prior to Drake having it. So every time my show airs, I get the dreaded legal crap from YouTube and other sites. And um, I have a template and I submit my template and say, here it is. I bought this beat from this producer. Um, I have every rights to this beat for the use that I'm using it for, and Sony has to take it down every time. Every time they lose, and I'm like, you know, this is is what it's all about. Um, I just recently had to add that illegal disclaimer that the views expressed by someone on our show, um, we can't be held accountable. Um, And this had nothing to do with my show. This had to do with another show that I produce. I produced this person's show. This person had a guest on who came on and that person was spewing all types of misinformation and false facts and blah, blah, blah. And he got the, he got hammered by YouTube. So I said, well, here's what we have to do. We now have to put the disclaimer that's going to come on our show and say that this person's a guest. And if they come on and spew all types of craziness. It's that's their craziness that they're spewing. We don't believe in it. We don't and they YouTube opened back up his video and allowed back with that disclaimer added. now I've got it as a template. That disclaimer is on every show that I produce now. Because I don't I don't want that legal action. I want that.
0: Isn't it funny we get to do that? Like, you know, even as a podcast, right? <clears throat> Your podcast isn't like real, right? Your podcast is just a name. But you guys say, but, this
1: podcast doesn't believe we, in this. So podcasting has become very strong in society. You know, it's, it's come to a point where I, when I was doing it, and then they came up with the name podcasting, it was a joke. People laughed at yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, I went and covered sporting events because I was invited into this podcast internet radio thing early, early, early on. I had people laughing at me when I was showing up to events with little devices and was able to record live and broadcast live using Ustream back then. It was Ustream, and I was paying $30 a month to Ustream, a very minute amount of, of information, but I was way ahead of the game. And, um, you know, now, podcasting is a big threat. It's a big threat to media. Um, it's to the point where commercial radio fears podcasting. Commercial radio has a huge fear of uh, podcasters. It's you have no idea. I have friends who are in FM radio and they won't even post on my page or anything. And they're like, it's not you. They, my friends in radio, they love me, but it's not you because the pyramids, the I all of them, they're all scared of podcasts. Well,
0: here's the thing. It's interesting, right? I can like podcasting to radio is just like, you know, the typical YouTuber to cable news or cable TV. We have all the viewership, not like me personally, but like podcasting has all the viewership. Radio has all the money. They still have all the money. Mm -hmm. When it comes to advertising and making money, AM and FM radio, it's not even close. And that's not going to change for a long time. It's the same thing with um, like cable news and anything related to cable news, cable packages. Like you can say YouTube Mm -hmm. and Netflix and this, that, and the other. It's better and it it gets more eyeballs, which. In a lot of circumstances, is true, but they still cut billion like the NFL billion dollar deals, WWE even billion dollar deals on cable news still. So you you can say that we're coming for radio, which we are. We are the future, but it's still a long I way never, coming.
1: To Be honest, I never I never saw podcasting as coming for radio. I always felt that podcasting it's more accessible right was its own entity. Yeah, I felt like it was. I felt like it was its own entity. So I don't really even know how radio developed this fear of podcasting because i'm like well i get why they're worried but there's no there shouldn't be no fear there because i i always felt like podcasting had a certain niche of person who watched who listened to it when it started out yeah. and those who watched it um i've always felt it was a different niche of person who watched or listened to podcasts you know when i felt like it was never, there's never really a threat there. I, and to be honest, to, even today, I don't feel like why they feel there's a threat there. Um, well, there should be. Because I don't think it is. There, there, I, think I, I think it's. I
0: actually completely agree with you. It shouldn't be. Because if you're a radio station, right? If you're a talk radio station, yeah. you got three different shows one talks sports, one talks music, one talks news and politics. Guess what? You're a podcast network. And you can still do it live on the radio waves, but guess what? You just record it. And you throw it on a podcast distributor distribute, It's on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, everywhere else in minutes. So just have the replays on there. And guess what? You're, you can keep the same ads. You, you have ads on your live broadcast. Guess what? You're double dipping now. So you can, you can upcharge oh. advertisers. You get, you get the live ads. And you get the replay, like you do that. Your show is on YouTube, Grant's on video. If they wanted to, they could just throw cameras in the studio, have the audio go live to Radio Waves and the video go to YouTube and Twitch and whatever. Like, you're right, it's not competition. It's just another tool to use.
1: And that's how I feel. And it's funny because um, Spotify this week just announced it's official. Um, I've been beta testing on Spotify since they took over Anchor. Um, They've had Anchor for almost a year. And it's finally official now. It's Spotify for podcasters, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, nothing's really changed." I'm like, "Well, it has. A lot has changed in that year under the beta, and now they're official." So so. Not really. I says, but,
0: yeah, I know. I know Spotify yeah, and, is working on some things. I didn't know they bought Megaphone for the analytics, which I think is really pretty. Well,
1: so they're buying. So, so there's a war right now in podcasting that a lot of people don't know about. Amazon is now in the podcast game. Yep. Amazon Live has now, when you go into your OBS software, it pops up now. It's already there. Amazon Live. But don't get all happy, people. You can't throw your podcast. It's only one type of person who can podcast on the Amazon. And those are people with commerce. So what this is going to do, and this is oh, this commerce, is scary, right. what okay. they're about to do. The, the, the show that sells, like the, the shows that are selling stuff on TV, the home shopping networks and stuff, guess what? They got to be scared because now with this podcast of selling your own stuff, you don't need home shopping network to sell your product. Now you're going to create your podcast. If you've got your product, you're going to, if you're Joe Schmo, you've created your product, you've got your trademark and all this stuff. Guess what you're going to do. You're going to find someone like me or you and say, Hey, I got this product I want to sell, but I don't want to give it to home shopping network and try to have them pitch it. I want to just do it myself. That's where you and I would come in. You set them up. You, you broadcast their stuff on Amazon Prime. And this is, I'm telling you, this is going to be big. People, mark my words. Somebody I told them about, they laughed at it. And I says, don't laugh. Don't laugh because that's how Amazon got big. And I said, people being able to 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 promote their own product is an extension of, of making money more yourself. And I says, and... That's kind of where we're headed, man. And I says, be very afraid of Amazon doing this because they're not going to let it fail. They're not, and and Amazon will handle the shipping and stuff for all these people right. that are going to have their their podcast. So I'm almost like, man, get scared because they're coming. Well, podcast they're coming.
0: Podcasting is like you know, it gives you the avenue to be creative, right? It gives you the avenue to do whatever you want. What other medium could I have these play podcasts playlists? Whether you think it's a good idea or confusing or not, where else could I do that? Well, I, you can't. Right. Where else where else could I have a model where, you know, I am a podcast host. People like me as a podcast host. People like me interviewing them. And they know, listen, my business or my brand needs a podcast, but I don't know how to do it. I don't have the time to do it. Well, guess what? I'll interview you. Right? I'll interview you. You can pay me. I'll do the clips. I'll do the social copy. I'll do everything I do for my podcast. Oh, and guess what? Since I'm hosting it. I'm going to put it on my feed as well. So it's going to go on your feed that you're going to create. Guess what? I'm going to do it on my feed, give the social promotion everything I do for one lump sum. So essentially, you're paying me to be on my podcast, to do my podcast. Your branding, you know, you can customize as you want. <laughs> right. I won't do my intro. I'll just do a cold open where I don't say anything with the podcast and I can insert my intro and your intro in the beginning of it. So I'm doing one podcast, but it's going to be released on multiple different feeds for multiple different purposes. You can put your ads, I can put my ads, right? But it's recording one podcast, you just pay me up front. But where else can right, I do yeah. that? Where else can I think of that business model?
1: Yeah, it's insane. And, you know, and like I said, this is going to be small businesses can utilize this. If you're a, like you're a restaurant, you're a brand new restaurant, you opened up. A lot of people want to be on TikTok and stuff. Well, guess what? You bring somebody in like us and We'll set the TikToks up. We'll set all that up and get you. Uh, you know, go go once a week. Do a little podcast for fifteen minutes, and do your specials for the week. Yeah, you no, know, bring on somebody that's in your and, and, and it it's gonna work. So this this whole thing with Amazon getting into podcasting is going to be crazy, crazy. It is crazy.
0: It is hard to explain to people mm-hmm. though, because sometimes like everything I said to you makes sense, right? but if I'm if I'm not explaining it to, um a realtor, like someone who runs like a, a real estate agency, they'd be like, I don't get it. Well, if I'm trying to explain it to um, a finance person, like a, a group of advisors, financial advisors, or sales, people who work in sales, or you sell cutco knives, start a podcast. What? <laughs> what how is that going to work? <laughs> so it's, sometimes it's very hard to explain to people what podcasting is and can be. But, hey, man, sometimes I feel like a genius that no one pays attention to. Sometimes that can be very and,
1: and you know, it's it's funny too, because you know, like I said, I come from transportation. And and in in the federal law, um, you're supposed to have public meetings or public, you're supposed to have public announcements where you let people know what you're doing with federal funds. <laughs> I had said to somebody I <laughs> said podcasting is a great way yeah. to get that information out and you're and you're in compliance with what you're supposed to do by federal or state law. Now you don't have to have a city meeting and Call these people and get details and all this stuff. Put the podcast together. Let people know what they need to know in the public thing. And guess what? The MBTA here in Boston, they're already doing it. They're already streaming their their meetings and already streaming their informationals. Um, every two weeks they update something. And yeah. guess what? They're in compliance with the feds because it's there. You can go get it. The T puts the link out there and they can go get it and watch it at their own. But that's that informing. And That's it's like, hey, man, clients. if they don't
0: watch it, who cares? We're just doing this to dot our eyes and cross our T's. We're not selling ads. Right. We're just, this is just a, and it's probably a write-off too, honestly, because it's for government purposes. Mm-hmm. You can just write that off. So, yeah, right. totally. That 100% makes sense to me. I mean, it's interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to keep working. That's what I do. I do these podcasts <laughs> every single And you're working day. hard, man. Every I single day. I see you out there. It's the grind. It's the I hustle. see you out there. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. You know, you said-, you said I tell me, everybody that. You said to me a few weeks ago, you don't need a big audience to make money anymore. It helps to have a big audience. Don't get me wrong. Everyone wants the audience. Yes, yeah. But I'm chasing an audience, but what am I gonna do when I get them? I don't know. <laughs> I have no right, idea. Right, I have no idea. Right,
1: and, it, and it's like a great example of that is Oscar Mike Radio, Travis, who you yeah. had on your show. You know, me and Travis have been doing this for seven years for his show, and you know- Last year, Travis lost an award um, for, for best military podcast, and, you know, he, won, he ended up winning a microphone. And we were like, you know what? Something better is coming for us. And sure enough, we linked up with the VA hospital. They asked us about doing some podcasting with them. This is the VA hospital. You can't get any bigger than that when you're talking military. Um the way I produced the show caught their eyes. The way that Travis handles the show caught their eyes. And here we are now. The VA rated us in the top 10 veteran podcasts in the country. Hmm. To the point now where we've interviewed a gentleman who's on Travis's show tonight at 8 o'clock um, about the VA app. We were we were able to help them promote this new app for, for the VA hospital. Um, and now... We, we we're being asked to going to do some future stuff with them, and here's the greatest thing: I put a part a, a post up about no edits. Um, what happened was was that me and Travis put this show together for the VA. We produced it. I edited it. We put everything where it needed to be. We shipped them off the package to the VA. We know that this podcast is going to be looked at by a ton of people before it gets approved. The VA responded to me and Travis about the podcast we put together, and they said, run it as is, no edits needed. And if you're somebody who's in television, podcasting, or editing, or anything of that sort, when somebody like the VA comes back and tells you, air as is, no edits needed, that is the biggest accomplishment that you could ever have. Me and Travis were like, pinch me. Are you serious? This yeah, is a no, VA. no they, compliance,
0: the nothing. Everything. Yeah, they did a the government, of course. They're, they're gonna micromanage for the sake of micromanage. No edits, nothing. That's no unbelievable. edits. That's unbelievable. we were
1: we were super super proud of that because again, podcasting is a serious business, and, and you gotta dot your I's and cross your t's. And for the VA to come back and tell us no edits, air as is, we put together one hell of a product. Yeah, and they and they were happy with it. So and they're talking future stuff. So that's big. Awesome. Getting LinkedIn with the VA is going to bring a ton of stuff our way. And Travis, like Travis said, Keith, he's like, it's not about the money. You're right. It's about who's, who's watching it and who's noticing it and who's coming to you because you know, when the VA comes to you, that's that's big. That's yeah. that's a big issue. So I, I keep trying we're gonna to, take I, it, and we're rolling with it. I keep
0: trying to tell myself it's not the virtual audience that matters. It's the people in real life who talked you about your podcast that matter more. I go into I go I went into work. You know, I had a meeting. Um and my boss's boss's boss was like, Hey, I heard I, I heard I saw your podcast. I was like, Holy shit. Right? Like you're the one you're the one who decides if I get a promotion or not. Like that's 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 right, huge. Right. So like Every, every day I, like, uh, most of, I got to the point now where like the guests I have, I don't need to find guests really. I can, but I don't really need to. People are now starting to come to me, which is very humbling and very good. And I can have repeat guests and you know, I, I form a bond with my, with my guests. So, like you, you're, you are, you are, a repeat guest technically. It's the second podcast we've done together. Now I've never met you in person, but you're going to go on the friends and family playlist because we've done a podcast together. It's also going to be the repeat guest playlist. Um right, because right. we are friends, and that's just how podcasting works. And Keith, I could talk to you all night about podcasting, but I do have an out in a little bit. Um, so but before we go, as always, I'm sure you know this, the final question always goes to the guest. So please, anything you want to ask me, my friend, the floor is yours.
1: Oh yes. So you have a wrestling show. I and do I have been dying to ask you this question because Next month, first week of April, is WrestleMania. And of all the matches that intrigue me about WrestleMania is this Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley. Mm. For some reason, I feel like that this is going to be the match that everybody is talking about on Monday morning. Really? I need to know because... You 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 watch wrestling. You're a big fan like me. Interesting. What are your thoughts on this Charlotte Flair Rhea Ripley matchup?
0: God, I gotta I gotta tell you, I just I don't care about the match. I just I I just don't like. I'm a big fan of Rhea, right? Don't get me wrong. Rhea Rhea's heel turn the Judgment Day is (laughs) is outstanding. It's so good. Um, and Charlotte, I love Charlotte because I respect Charlotte. I respect her work ethic. I respect her hustle and I respect the troubles she had to go through to get to where she is. I know it's weird seeing that she's a flair. Like, did you watch her um, right. Broken Skull session with Austin on the network? Yes,
1: yes. fantastic.
0: It's, it's just like
1: mm-hmm.
0: I never would have guessed that this is the life she lives. And I left that interview going, I genuinely feel bad for you. Like I pity you even though you're a multimillionaire, the most successful female wrestler ever and you're Ric Flair's daughter. I go as much as I complain about my life, I would not trade to be you. I would be happy being me. And that's a weird compliment for Charlotte Flair. I'm a big fan of Charlotte Flair. She deserves all the accolades she has. I'm a big fan of Rhea Ripley. But I know we got ripped off of the match in 2020, but we saw the match. That time kind of came and went. I wanted Rip Ripley and Bianca. I think that's a better match. But then again, Ooh. we have we have years for that match. They're both young. They're both in their prime. Charlotte, who knows how many years she has left, right? Who knows? So you got, you, got to, you got to pull the trigger while you can pull the trigger. So I understand why they're pulling the trigger. But also on Mania, there's so many things going on on that card that are going to be amazing. This one's just kind of lost in the shuffle. And if you've listened to the King's Rings podcast, live every Wednesday night, by the way, um, I think my, night, night one main event is Sammy Kevin versus the Uso's so for the tag belts. I think Sammy deserves that main event more than Bianca Asuka or. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley because I don't believe the main, women's main event at WrestleMania just because they're women. Right? When the women have main event at WrestleMania, they deserve it. Bianca, Bianca, Sasha, definitely, Bianca was put on the map. The triple threat, right. duh. So, I think Sammy deserves that main event spot for night one more than anyone else. So, in terms of this match, is it going to be a great match? Probably. Probably. Who's going to win? I have no idea. I could see it going either way. I'm pulling for Rhea. But show stealer, absolutely. My personal interest in it, eh. I'll enjoy it when I see it. <laughs>
1: I, 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 Rhea Ripley has done so much coming up from that NXT. Yeah. Um, you know, she's done so much, and she's become a huge fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really pulling for her. But for some reason, in the back of my I feel like that this is going to be the match that everybody's going to be talking about the next day or Monday morning when it's all said and done. Um oh no, I just I just can't wait to see. Um, are you happy with the Hall of Fame inductees so far? Right. Muda and Ray Mysterio. Ray
0: Muda. I'm surprised it took this long. Like WrestleMania is in two weeks, man. Like as when this is released, WrestleMania is this Saturday and Sunday when this is when this is gonna be released. Like it's gonna be very, very quick. So right, right. I don't know who else we're recording this on March 16th. Don't Happy 316 Day, by the way. Um so it's going to be very... Oh, that's interesting. right, yeah. yeah. it's Austin. Austin's today. It's going to be very interesting to see what the rest of it looks like. Um, I would love to see Psycho Sid. I would love to see like, Bam Bam. Uh, I would love to see Maurice. Uh, I think it's, it might be Melina, but you this know, is going to be old news by the time people hear this. But I always like the Hall of Fame because it's interesting to see who gets in and people get really upset about it. It's a fake Hall of Fame for a fake sport. But... I, I, I do love Hall of Fame because I love their video packages they do for them. They don't do them anymore unless it's the night of, but I don't know. I think the adjustments they made, I liked when they had them walk to the ring. I thought that was very poetic and, uh, <coughs> until Bret Hart got attacked. Um, I liked the stage. They do, a good job with, they do a good job with the Hall of Fame. I'm very interested to see if and when Dom attacks Ray on the stage.
1: 'Cause it's gonna happen yeah. it's a matter of when. Yeah, that's what I feel. I it, it's kind of a no brainer. I think it, it's gonna happen then. And this is you know, it's the passing of the torch, but I'm yeah. like, Ray, Ray, Ray can't lose this match. He just can't. Oh, he has to.
0: <laughs> I think I like Ricky and I talked about this on the show the other night. Um I would do loser leaves town. Hmm. What else does Ray have to do? Really? Right? Well what what a more poetic way for the man to go out—put over his son on the biggest stage of them all and retire.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, and Dom, yeah. Dom's a great talent. He's a really good heel. He, he's—I say this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes has. wrestling is just the right amount of stupid, and Dominic Mysterio <laughs> is just enough stupid for it to work.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's really—he's coming to his own. He's had some struggles. Yes. As we've watched him grow, um, I think the going to jail. <laughs> Part of this whole growth, I think that's what I think that's what kind of that's what, what kind of pushed him over into this. Okay, we get it now, you know,
0: and, 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 to and be, I like and it. To be fair, right? It's the same thing with our, our content, you just don't know what's gonna go viral. Him going to jail got over, Sammy Uso got over, you know, the yes chant got over, the things that aren't Austin 316. Got over the things that aren't <laughs> planned are the ones that get over the most. The things you at least expect are the ones that get that ones that get over the most. Yeah, so, that's right. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. It's gonna be very 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 interesting. So I'm very excited to see what's happening in wrestling. Um, that podcast is every Wednesday night. We are live Kings of Rings as well as Wrestle Addict Radio on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Have fun with us. We got a pretty small community, but it's a lot of fun. We got a Discord channel. Our live chats are very fun on the Wrestling Podcast. So. Those guys keep me going. You know, if APS fails, I always got Kings of the Rings, always and forever. But Keith, you also have a live show, The um, the Booth. So please, anything you want to plug, your socials, anything you want to share with the world right now. You know, let me, real out.
1: quick, um, guys, just the easiest way, Sinister One Productions on Linktree. Check me out. All the shows that I produce is there because I can come on here and talk about my show, The Booth, on Tuesday nights, but I produce some shows that actually are, are, are better than my show, Oscar Mike Radio with Travis Pondington. I can tell you right now, his show is better than mine. It deals with things with veterans and, and their issues. It's better than the booth. Um, Draft in the Circuits, NASCAR, F1, IndyCar, and now NHRA. I've been involved with this show for over 10 years. We've brought video to drafting the Circuits. And since we brought video to the show, right now, last night, we had Stefan Wilson and Don Kuzik. They're racing in the Indy 500. Stefan Wilson's racing the Indy 500. Next Tuesday, next Wednesday night, we have Stingray Rob. He's racing in the Indy 500 on Memorial day. And he's nominated to be rookie of the year candidate for this season. So we're bringing a lot of ever since we added video to this show. Oh my God. Now all of a sudden all of the race car drivers and everybody wants to be on the show now. And we'll take it. He will take it. Maddie C sports for you and me. I produce happy hour with Lido. I produce um, talk back with Gloria. Shea was in production for a little while, but she's taking a little hiatus. Um, and I was doing, she talks football podcast, but she's making a big hit on um, Twitter spaces. Um, so she's kind of moved over to that. And I'm not hating her on that. If, if the Twitter spaces works for you mm-hmm. and the clubhouse works for you, Hey, run with it. <laughs> I'm not here to tell you what to do and what not to do with your podcast.
0: All right, excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Will Tarashek. you already knew that, T is in Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K. This is the Talking with Tarashek podcast. That has been my guest, Keith Hayes, a pioneer in podcasting. I'm very man, very glad to have met him and to know him, and hopefully uh, we will work together and continue to work together as we move f- down yeah. the line oh, in the future. Oh, and what else you got?
1: I did forget one more thing. I manage a recording artist, Deanna Marie. Um, she's now on Vivo and she was top five on uh, Spotify for one of the playlists this week, the Phenom 100. So Viana Marie is my artist. I manage her. So check her out. That's another thing I do on the side that people don't realize.
0: The hustle never ends. The hustle never ends. If you want to support my hustle talking with Tarashik podcast and AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com, email me to be a guest and let me know why. If you want to go if you make me go, "Ooh, that's interesting." Congratulations. I will find time for you to be on the show. The email is will at apspodcast.com. In the description down below, there's a link to our GoFundMe. Uh, we own a business. We have debt. It sucks. I hate it. But With your help, we can get out of debt and become profitable. Even $5 can help. It won't help clear the debt, but it's one step closer. The GoFundMe is down there in the description. This podcast uh, will be released everywhere, including the podcast Playlist to Friends and Family playlist where I speak to people in my... Close circle, my friends, family, or reoccurring guests. if you are a guest on this podcast, you are instantly my friend. This will also be on the podcast playlist where we give anything a podcast advice, talking about podcasting, or anything in between. It'll be on the full shows. If you don't like any clips, go to a clouded feed. It'll also be in the clips feed. If you only like clips and don't like an hour podcast, it'll also be on the main feed to all talk, all talk to Tara Chuck, which is everything I listed below, all in one place for your listening ears. That means this podcast will be released on three different platforms Actually, three different times on all the platforms. So most podcasts get released to Spotify once. This one get released to Spotify three times. I'll be back next week. What are we speaking to next week? I don't remember. But I'll see you there. But until then, y'all take care.